Welcome to Core 242 Podcast, brought to you by Core Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. God bless you, and thank you so much for joining us at Core 242 as we're finishing up our studies on Fruit of the Spirit with today's study on love. Uh, For this past couple of months, we've been diving deep into the fruit of the spirit and diving into Galatians 5, 22 and 23, which states, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There is no law. And it's been so wonderful to, as we study this, how we see that these are amazing attributes of who God is. And then Let's say at the same time, the reflection of who Jesus was while he was he was living on earth with us. And then the exciting part for me was that because of the Holy Spirit, because because of my commitment to God and through the relationship with with him through accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior, is that that Holy Spirit that is in me gives me the power to show those attributes to those around us. Uh, I was going through a devotion on Genesis, and it just reminded me that we are made in God's image. The reason one of the big things in the Old Testament was do not make any idols, do not make any images of another God or of me, right? God was very much like, I am that I am, and that's it. And the reason is because he already created something in his image, and that's us. And I know that's very humbling, at least for me, that's very humbling to to think that we are created in God's image. And what a wonderful thing that because of the Holy Spirit that living in us, we can actually, as we surrender to the Holy Spirit, we're able to show those around us who God really is by showing these fruit of the Spirit. Like this is kingdom kingdom of God here on earth. Right? Jesus preached about it all the time. This is the kingdom of God. This is how you show that the kingdom of God is near, that is here, is by us uh, committing to the Holy Spirit and letting him work in us and show the world this fruit of the Spirit. Because every time we choose love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, um, we show God, we show that kingdom of, of heaven. Amen. And the interesting thing about this teaching, and there's so many teachings, love is one of those kind of elementary Christian truths. uh, And it's part of just the human existence. It's hard to really condense what could be taught about love that's new. um, But at the same time, how do you encapsulate the truth? Uh, You know, 1 Corinthians 12, the end of 12 and beginning of 13 talks about love and how it's the most excellent way and how love is the greatest of all the attributes. But apart from God, we can't love. Even though we're made in God's image, we have, there's this old saying that we have a God-shaped hole. But in reality, what it is, is that we have a desire to be fully known and loved by God and to fully know and love God in return. And so it's really a, a love-shaped hole um, that we have. But we've we've taken, there's again, that other saying that God made man in his own image and then man returned the favor. And so we've distorted God and we've distorted his love into all these other things that we want it to be. And instead of loving God for who he truly is, as revealed in scripture, we reveal God for the way that we want him to be 
so that we love a God that's a convenient God rather than loving him in truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's one of the challenges was for us as we looked at it, it was like, Oh, love first Corinthians 13. Let's run it. Love is patient. Love is kind. And, uh, and so on and so on. But I think God is calling it to, to be more again, since, since the beginning of this teaching, we always try to figure out what's the difference between just love and the love that comes from the Holy Spirit. We know we for the past eight teachings, we've showed that there's a difference between joy and the joy that comes from the Spirit. There's between goodness and the goodness that comes from the Spirit. So what's the difference with love? Um, and uh, we wanted to look into it and my, some people might think of it as a cliche of everything because you hear it all the time. Well, love is action. But for God so loved the world that he gave up his one and only son. We cannot miss the action part of love. That is, that is the key. And I think God has showed it to us over and over again. Jesus showed it to his disciples as he walked with them. And Jesus showed it, showed everyone on the cross the love that he had for us so we that's one of the things that we want to focus on that that for us to show love there's got to be action behind it and that's what the next verse our key verse it kind of speaks right away right and going into that the the issue that we need to drive home is that i think as human beings as we we define ourselves with love and there's all these romantic movies out that are out there rom-coms we we go searching for love um a lot of times in all the wrong places mm. and we may think that we're a very loving person but really our love is an illusion and that's why love is listed as the fruit of the spirit because without god's love planted in us first our love will be self uh seeking our love will be uh, motivated by, you know, utilitarian reasons, or we want to network or what, what advantage do we have by yeah. aligning with a certain person? We want people to love us the way we want them to love us. And yet love does not require that we be a doormat. And so we are not able to love unless we use God's love as an example. And that sounds really obvious and it sounds really basic. And yet we fall short of that all the time. We always compare, um, love you know, the love of our parents and love it. And all that love falls short. The love of a spouse, the love of a partner, the love of your parents, the love of your parent towards children. Like these things will all fall short if we don't remember. And this is first uh, John chapter four. It says, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for us. Then that's what you just said. When you said John three 16, we're quick to slap it on a bumper sticker, but it's much more difficult to apply it to our hearts. We think that we are saved or that we've become Christians because, oh, we, we love God now. But what actually happened is, is that God loved us first and our love is just a response. It's a choice we've made in response to his love. His love is what changes. And that's what we're going to get into with the key text and with the story that we're going to look at from Luke chapter seven today. Yeah. And the story that we're going to read is going to talk about this, but I really want to, even before we get into it, is to remind us only faith will save you only faith in jesus christ only faith in god raising him from the dead will save you it's not the action 
what the action does, it's, it gives us the opportunity to show God how much we love him. Action is not going to give us salvation. So I just, because this is going to be a very action teaching, and I didn't, really didn't want people to miss out or misunderstand that we might be talking like this is how you get your salvation. They tell you this is the gift from God. Nothing that you can do. It, it even says that, that you won't boast about what you have done. Because just like Paul says, everything you've done is rubbish. <laughs> right? So let's dive in into 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. This is our, our key verse before we uh, go into our story. So 1 John 3, 18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with action and in truth. So that, that's our focus on what we wanted to share with you guys today, is this verse of, not just speaking of words, but actually doing action. And I love how it says in truth. Right? right. And so while we say that it is by grace that we are saved, not by works, we know that. We also know that faith without deeds is dead. And so that's where mm -hmm. this teaching gets really tricky mm -hmm. because you can say I love you, but unless your actions align with that love, uh, it's, it's empty and it's void. So just acting doesn't make the love true. But it's, it's when your words and your actions align. And again, that we can only do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. So looking at this story from Luke chapter 7, uh, I, will, I will read through it. So just bear with us if you want to flip to Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 36. It says, now one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume, and as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said, two men owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now, which one of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss. But this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she has loved much. But he who has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And I just think when we when we really broke down the story, I would just encourage you to read this story and marinate on it and sit with it. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times this story has been blended with another account uh, of, of a Mary. This is not Mary in this story. This is an unnamed woman. She never says a word. And just like our challenging text for today, she loved in actions and in truth, not just with her words. She doesn't actually say a word in the entire account. Mm -hmm. And yet this is the only instance in scripture where we see Jesus applaud someone for their, for their display of love. And I think that's, that's a powerful statement. That's why we chose this text 
And I would encourage you to just sit with the text and let the story and the illustration, her actions alone, speak to you on how you could love God and how you could love others better. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was one of those stories. We kind of went through different stories to try to find something uh, to share about this. And this one, this was the one we, we went through many things and there's a lot of times when Jesus was amazed about somebody's faith. <laughs> he was amazed about somebody's doubt and unfaithfulness and all that other stuff. But this was the one that he was just pointed out how much she loved. Right. So I think we should just look at what were her actions? Mm. What can we learn from this woman? If we are challenged in first John to not love with words and tongue, but in actions and in truth, what are these women's actions that we should emulate uh, in order to love God better and then allow that fruit of the spirit to grow in us, to love those around us. And the first thing that she does is it says that she learned about Jesus and where he was. She learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. And so I think the important thing is that she knew a truth. In fact, she knew a truth that was beyond what anybody else knew in that room. And that truth moved her. She didn't stay where she was. Sometimes we as Christians we know the truth and, you know, oh, the truth will set you free. And we just stay with our Christianese as belief. And it doesn't move us to change. It doesn't move us to action. It doesn't move us to do anything. And so her first action is she learns the truth and she goes to the house in this act of faith. Again, your faith without deeds is dead. And so we see that she, her love is rooted in truth and that truth motivates her to act. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's an important thing. So so for us, it's staying on the truth of what we, we said in, in John chapter 4 is that God loved us first. We have to stand on that truth. So when things go in our, our way, uh, not going our way, when someone's sick, we lose a job, there's bills piling up, all that stuff, we hold on to that truth that God still provides. God is still on the throne. God is still is the one who I go to. Even though I might, uh, there might be some confusion in my head, I know that God loves me, and that's who I need to go to. He's not my enemy. So we have to stand on that truth. And that's just doing that, going to God, that shows him or our love. And it shows others. Man, you're going through so much. What, what are you, what's going on? What are you doing right now? How can you survive through this? I'm, I'm, I'm leaning on God. I'm praying to God. And that's powerful. That's powerful to show that little glimpse of hope that we have in, in God. That's that's powerful. And I think I, hope is is absolutely the right word. And and scripture makes it clear that no one can come to the Father unless the Father draws him. So mm -hmm. even our our knowing of the truth and our drawing to come to know Jesus, uh, even as this woman came with hope. She, she had hope in the truth that she had heard, but that means that God was already at work before the story started. Mm -hmm. she, she didn't just wake up one day and just think this was a good idea, but there was a tugging mm -hmm. on her heart. There was a drawing in that came from God and God alone. It wasn't her own doing. And so if, if we are sons and daughters of God, if, if we have faith in Christ and we view ourselves as Christians and we've been saved by faith, we have to have the realization that it, even that was not our choice. We like to talk about free will. We like to talk about, we're not going to get into all that. No, but the no, reality is, is that our hearts were seared and there had to be a tugging that for whatever reason, God chose you. God 
allowed his word to penetrate your heart and allowed the Holy Spirit to draw you closer to him in order to make that choice. He didn't leave you where you were, but he allowed you to hear some truth. And then he allowed your heart to receive that truth and to come closer to him rather than to push away more in rebellion, which is a mystery of faith that we, we just can't unpack today and we will never probably understand. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that we learned from this is that she, she knew the truth and the truth allowed her to draw in. Yeah. So the second thing we want to talk about is, as you guys can see, she showed up to the house. She started weeping. She started crying. She started wiping his feet. She's wiping her feet, his feet with, with hair. She is unashamed of the love that she has for him. And that's our second point, is to be unashamed for God. My, my life verse is Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of, of the gospel. It's, you need to have this thing. It shows so much love for God when you're not worrying about what this world thinks. I know my father. And I know he knows me and I love him. And I'm going to like uh, David, <laughs> be, you know, I'm going to dance. I'm going to dance for the Lord. And you think this is bad? Watch me. You know, and sometimes God pushes us to do something that might be uncomfortable for us. It might not be what the world thinks is normal. But if it's God is the one who's put it on our hearts, if God is the one who's drawing us to, to do what, what, whatever the action is, do it. Right. And I agree. I mean, she walks right past the crowd. She doesn't care what they're murmuring. I'm sure there's, yeah, exactly. She there's doesn't whispering. care what they're thinking, but she does care. And this is, this is an important distinction. When we say unashamed, we are unashamed of, of who we are in Christ. We are unashamed of who Christ is to us. Yes. But it doesn't too. mean that we don't, she doesn't walk in boldly mm -hmm. claiming that she's has sexual yeah, freedom yeah, yeah. and, and that everything needs to align. You know, they just need to, to, get into her level she comes weeping and repentant and yeah. and that's the key so it's unashamed but there's also a, a key of repentance that she was a sinful woman she was had lived a sinful life and we don't know if that means sexually we don't know if she was lying cheating stealing maybe she was doing all of the above but whatever it is when we come to christ we can come unashamed we should not stay bound in shame but we also need to come and realize he's holy and come repentant. I mean, she, again, she doesn't walk in bold and proud. She comes in weeping and, and bowing at his feet and cleaning his feet with her hair and with her tears. Yeah. I, I really feel like there's, there's a point of brokenness. It's just so when you come to the holies of holies, kind of one of those things. And that, I think that's what she was experiencing. She, she was coming to God, to Jesus, knowing who he is. And know, and I love what you said, and knowing who he is to her, that he was the savior, that he was the one who will love her. He was the one who will forgive her. She didn't come for, she didn't come for healing, right? It doesn't say like the, the woman who, with a bleeding problem, right? She just came because she, she needed that forgiveness because she needed, she was broken. She was absolutely broken, you know? And sometimes you need to, do that ugly crying. Some of us do not want to, but sometimes the word of God speaks to you or a worship worship uh, song just hits you, right? Or you hear a sermon and it was just for you. And sometimes you got to do that ugly cry with snot all over the place and it's okay. That's 
that is pure to God. That is uh, that is pure to God for us to just come before him like that, not worrying about it. So I think the first, just to recap, the first thing is that the love of God draws us to the truth, which draws us closer to him. And the next thing is, is that it allows us to be free of shame, but to come repentant. Yeah. And so these are kind of nuanced points, but that's, I think, what we can take away from what we see her doing. She, she becomes aware of the truth and draws close. And then as she draws close, she draws close unashamed, but with repentance. And that's a really tricky, a lot of times in modern churches, we, we do one or the other. It's either totally unashamed because Jesus just loves you, or it's, you know, hellfire and brimstone, and it's all guilt and shame. But it, it's the biblical example here is that she's not worried about what anybody else has to say or what anybody else thinks, but she does bow before her maker. Mm, yeah. And I, I think that the hope that she even knows, which I just read across here, is that in, in the verses right before this story, Jesus quotes about himself the, the son of man came eating and drinking, and you say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and quote unquote sinners. So she must have maybe heard, maybe she heard his own sermon and she's like, well, if he's a friend of sinners, then I guess I can come to him. And yeah. she had to have a certain boldness to know that she wouldn't be rejected. Yeah. She she must have heard, that could be the very word that that motivated her love, we, we don't know. But I love to look at scripture in context. Yeah. And so the, the third point, um, after she comes repentant, is that we see that she's sacrificial. Yeah. And many of us have probably heard many sermons about the alabaster jar and how it was so expensive and the perfume. Again, that's a different story. This was probably also expensive and valuable, but it is regardless. Whatever the price, it was valuable to her. Right. And even her tears and wiping her hair were sacrificial. It was, it was a sacrifice of her, any sense of dignity that she may yeah, have had left. She exposed her hair. And so love should be sacrificial. It makes us go out of our way. And again, we see her coming to his feet. She doesn't try to get fancy and throw herself at him or kiss his head or anoint his head. Or just make a big deal out of it that everybody would look at her. The focus was him. She, she was completely focused on yeah. him. And in a sacrificial way, she wanted to show him how much she valued him. Yeah. Yeah. I think this the sacrificial love we... We've taught on this earlier about the Sermon on the Mount, about walking that extra mile, about giving up the extra thing. You know, it's it's those things, praying for your enemies. That's a sacrificial thing that it's that selfless love. It's just giving up, not for hoping that you're going to receive anything else. You're just loving. And I believe that sacrificial love, it's not that you're a doormat, but it honors mm -hmm. the other person. Mm -hmm. So... You know, there's there's a this ancient tradition of washing someone's feet and greeting someone in the home with a with a holy kiss and all of that. This is exposed that Simon invites Jesus into his house and doesn't do these things. It was actually a sign that he had really kind of invited Jesus more or less as a trap. I mean, you, you hear him saying if he really was a prophet, he would know. <laughs> and and Jesus responds by protecting not only this woman but calling out the religious fraud. And yeah. he says she has been wiping you know she you didn't even give me water for my feet but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair you didn't even give me a kiss but she has not stopped kissing my feet and honestly for a woman to do that in that society 
that was actually a wife and wife only privilege. Mm -hmm. So what she is doing is actually, I mean, it's quite scandalous, but she is proclaiming that he is the bridegroom come for Israel. She's declaring that he's the savior in, in a way where she, he's in a room full of people who don't even honor him with a bowl of water to, to dust off his feet, you know, and she's the only one who recognizes him for who he really is. And that's the love that she's declaring for him. And, and again, nothing changes. I just think we need to drive it. And this is really toward our last point, right? Which is that, that the love that's the fruit of the spirit love changes us. And even though she does all of this, nothing changes, nothing changes about Jesus. Nothing changes in the room. No one's heart has changed. Nothing about her circumstances change. They learn a thing or two. <laughs> because they've seen a thing or two. Oh, we are not sponsored, yeah. by the way. But when it changes is when Jesus loves her in return, when he speaks in return and he says, your sins are forgiven. Mm. When he acknowledges her love and he says, for who has been forgiven much loves much. Who has been forgiven little loves little. And then he turns to her and says, your sins are forgiven. That's when you know it's real love, when, when there's transformation and there's change. And she's able to walk out of that house forgiven and free. Yeah. Not because of what she did, although her actions move the heart of God. But it's not until God's word reaches her that she is changed. Yeah, I, I think that that's something that, that I really want to pause at. For, for our listeners to really hear she could have done all that all those things only until god has forgiven her sins there's forgiveness there it's not oh let me it's not this key to get into heaven no it was let just me, a nice gesture yeah it could have been just a nice gesture she could have done it to another human so we have lots of amazing people who are very loving out there who do amazing things and those are nice gestures incredible gestures but unless they do it for god unless god is present and his spirit is the one motivating it mm -hmm. just because it's a good thing we've said this before we're not meant to do every good thing that's yeah. out there and just because it's the loving thing also doesn't mean it's the right thing. Sometimes the loving thing is a hard thing. Sometimes the loving thing is a boundary. Sometimes the loving thing is to say no. In this case, she followed what the spirit was leading her to do. And she did a loving thing, which went against the grain of what everybody else mm -hmm. was thinking and doing. And it, and, and it, Jesus stopped and took notice. And that's the kind of love that we want to have. We don't want to have the same kind of love that our neighbor has or the people down the street. The love of a Christian should be the type of love that makes God stop and take notice because it challenges the systems because it, it, it goes unashamed. It's sacrificial in a way that doesn't make any sense. And it's not worried about our own reputation. Mm -hmm. It's only worried about where we stand before the Lord. Yeah. I th it's, it is one of those things that I remember even when we did, the homeless ministries and we'd be going out and freezing cold and it was like 11 degree 11 o'clock at night and we'd be feeding even the homeless people they're like why are you out here god led me here so i can talk to you that i can love on you that i can give you some food and blanket 
even though homeless people are like, why? Forget the people who are walking by who are driving in nice cars and going to their homes. It was the homeless that were like, why are you here? And I remember, and I remember that was the, why the ministry was so impactful was just you do things for God, out of God's love for God. And it's the kingdom, upside down kingdom. It's absolutely upside down kingdom. And, and there's all sorts of loving things that we could do. You know, Jesus says about that even though we're evil, we we still know to give our children bread, right? We yep. still know to give our children good things. But Matthew chapter 5 hits what you're saying exactly on the head. It says, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. And then skipping ahead, if you love those, this is verse 46, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even tax collectors doing that? If you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And that's the kind of love that comes with the fruit of the Spirit, is that we may be able to love a fraction out of our own human nature, even if we can. I, I, don't, I don't know that we can, because again, we, we always resort to some sort of yeah. selfish motive or you know there's a scale of i gave more than they gave you know i'm entitled to this and they're not doing this they're not saying that they're not giving me this they're not giving me that and i have a right to it but even if we can in our own broken way the love that comes from the fruit of the spirit is makes us complete it's perfect and i think it's great that it's the capstone of all the fruit of the spirit that we worked our way backwards mm -hmm. and the love that is that is the spiritual love the love that can come only from god is that love that that can't be done unless God sends you mm -hmm. the, the love that where you would pray for your enemy and you would pray for those who persecute you, that you would love someone who is slandering you, that you would continue to show kindness to someone who maybe, you know, is gossiping and talking behind your back, that you would um, go out of your way to make peace with someone who has no interests except your own, you know, ruining your reputation, whatever, whatever the case may be, that's the kind of love that goes beyond boundaries. That's the kind of love, that's the fruit of the spirit love. And that is not easy to do. So when we reflect on this, we can each be the woman in the story in some way. There is someone that God is calling us to sacrificially love. There is someone that God is calling us to humble ourselves. Uh, yeah, I got some names in my head popping up right now. But first and foremost, before we do that, we, we should also just ask ourselves and sit with these with these points have we sacrificed the truth of the gospel and in the name of love, calling it love for God, but we've watered down the truth because the woman didn't yeah, do ahead. this. Have that. we, have we allowed shame to creep in or pride to creep in? And instead of coming to God repentant, we treat him as less than holy as if he's totally our buddy and our friend. And we forget that he's the almighty God and creator mm -hmm. who has power and ruler of all things, you know, or are we coming repentant? Um, are we allowing ourselves to be changed? And, and so we have to come before the Lord, I believe. And that's where the fruit of the spirit of love begins is. And again, with our relationship with God, only when that is right, can that seed begin to grow. And then we can go forth and we can show that same love to others. Anything less than that, is going to be self-centered and incomplete. Yeah, and I just want to encourage you just to remember that 
this amazing love that we're talking about does not come from us. Like, like Church said, it's, it's not natural for this love to be in us. But it's the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, the, it's that attribute of God that we get to have because of the Holy Spirit in us. So when we are struggling to love them, just remember that we need to just attach us to the source. We need to go back to the Holy Spirit. We need to keep on denying ourselves and letting the Holy Spirit come unto us and, and guide us. And then all we got to do is just reflect who God is. That, that's all we're doing. There's nothing else that we need to do but to submit, to just be that little piece of mirror that, that reflects God to others. Yeah, to realize that we ourselves are not the source of mm -hmm. love. Absolutely not. All we can do is just be a reflection of the love that we've received from God. And if we have only been forgiven a little, then we'll only be able to love a little. If we've been forgiven much, then we can love a little bit more radically. But my prayer today is that everyone who's listening to this, as Paul prays for the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 3, may Christ dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. Amen. Remember, you are loved. And covered Amen. in prayer. Amen. Be blessed. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at corechurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you are loved and covered in prayer.